Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. That's cool. That's good. Um, you want to talk Suicide Squad? Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's break it down. Just like we can. I mean, like I said, it's just going to be like a pretty. You know, we can just do casual discussion, or we can do like. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think discussions are probably more helpful than reviews. To be honest, like we can just t- tell our thoughts about mm-hmm. the movie, and yeah. then we can kind of like. I mean, I don't. I don't really care. Like I, I've never been super into like people not spoiling something for me. So mm-hmm. I think we can just talk spoiler free spoilers. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It. Full spoilers about it. And then we can talk about like, I don't know if you came up with a topic or not. Then we can come up with a topic or whatever. We can just talk about anything to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's, well, we can talk about suicide squad first. We could just go ahead and knock that out. Um, was oh, yeah, this, but yeah. by the way, we're just gonna go since we're already recording. We're just gonna keep everything in. Uh, I'm Matt, and that is Austin. So matinee mm-hmm. is the name of the pod. Yeah, which I actually really like. I, it was funny is I kind of just thought about that, and like I was like, you know, we we used to just whenever we'd go see these movies, like we would go either to a matinee like first thing in the morning. Which is that still considered matinee? I guess it's still considered matinee. Like if you go really early to the shows, because I think. After five is not considered matinee. I think that's still the rules. I think so, yeah. Uh, but then I was like matinee, and I was like, that actually so Matt's name is in that. And then like my my the first letter of my name is in that. I was like, I was like that actually kind of fucking works. So that's a cool name. And uh but we didn't really well at least I didn't. So like I didn't see a Suicide Squad matinee. I actually just actually sat my ass at home and watched it on HBO. Is that what you did? Because why wouldn't you, dude? That's the point. <laughs> like it's free, yeah. bro. Like, if you have HBO Max, it's fucking free, so. Which is the most atrocious app, like, across the whole board when it comes to streaming services. Like, it's just an absolutely, it's like the shittiest app, <laughs> at least that I use. I mean, like, I think user, user-friendly, user I definitely think Netflix has the best, uh, or the least frustrating, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. search when you're just looking for content, but... Uh, God, HBO Max sucks. Like, if you, we were trying to pause it and go back, and I just remember like the whole app just crashed while we were trying to rewind, the, yeah, uh, the the movie, and so we were just like, oh god. So, or maybe it's just our TV. I don't know. Our TV's been acting weird, but I definitely think that the app's atrocious. But yeah, it's a it's a new era we're in because now it just seems like probably for at least the next year or so, maybe probably a little bit longer. I think everything's going to go straight to this, uh, straight to our television, which I thought I'd never see the day, but I yeah. guess it was inevitable. Yeah. So let's, uh, actually that's a pretty good topic. We can talk about that at the end. Uh, yeah. what's, uh, so, so tell me your, your thoughts on the movie. Um, so right away, I think the biggest the biggest takeaway for me is that um, I think James Gunn got it's it's a typical like James Gunn playground movie. He got to mm-hmm. he got to really get his hands on uh, some more comic book characters. Uh, you know, more famously known for doing Guardians one and two, and I think he's now doing three uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And um, which that's, I like going back and revisiting those. I think they're fucking like great. I think they're like top tier of the, the MCU mm-hmm. going after going back and watching those. Um, it took me around to come around 
the second one, but I rewind back in April or so when we we were when we were going back and just when it was. Oh no, this was like maybe this was earlier at the or yeah the end of last year because we were in Mexico was actually still in lockdown for a lot longer than the rest of the country, and so we were uh, we were so bored at the end of last year around Christmas, and so we just watched a shit ton of movies, and um, that's when I went back and watched all of those. But anyway. Uh, yeah, it really does have like the heart and soul of a James Gunn movie, and I think that's what it's definitely one of its bigger strengths. Um, also, think James Gunn casted this movie really fucking well. You yeah. know, like I think Idris Elba, I think Idris Elba and John Cena uh, were like the best additions, and uh, and then uh, Sylvester's uh, King Shark, Sylvester Stallone's King Shark were, I think, probably the best additions, and. Um, I couldn't remember who played uh, who played Ratcatcher too. I couldn't remember who she, what her name was. Oh, so she's like a she's like a, a Portuguese actress. She's not even in anything. She's in like Portuguese language stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's probably why I didn't recognize her. Um, but yeah, I think like a, the big the biggest strength of the movie is the fact that it feels just like a James like you would expect a James Gunn movie to would. Mm-hmm. And I think I think a lot of people would. A lot of people just thought of how outrageous it was, and like mm-hmm. to me, I don't know what I was what I was expecting, but like just watching it, I was like that wasn't like any more outrageous than like Deadpool was or something. Like yeah. I guess I was, I guess I was just expecting the most like unconventional, just like unnecessarily violent movie. I mean, it was pretty violent, but like I don't know. I guess going into it and hearing about all of the media buzz, I was thinking it was going to be way more violent than it was, and so. uh I guess for a superhero movie and for the, the the standards that Disney's Marvel set, yeah, it is extremely violent. But I guess with my own interpretation and the the buzz about it, you know, the early reviews I just remember seeing like it's just like completely it's the most like unfiltered superhero movie ever. Then I'm like, I think they just say that about a lot of like rated R movies now. Yeah, it just it just kind of when it comes to the the outrageousness, it wasn't it didn't. Uh, have me like say go like damn I can't believe it'd go that far but I mean (laughs) the guys really did just you know throughout most of the movie are just like if anything the most violence in the movie is just how they kill people and how those people died is pretty rough and they don't kind of hide away or from that at all but um, so I didn't think it was like that outrageous and so I think unfiltered is kind of a bit of a, a bit of a stretch but all in all I think it's you know the biggest takeaway for me is that its success is that it's a James Gunn movie and they just kind of let him run wild with it. And um, it definitely doesn't, it, he doesn't have the budget that he did with Marvel. So you can tell that like a lot of the set design is, it wasn't as great. You could tell it was kind of just shot in small areas throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're dependent upon the, which a lot of like, even in guardians, like it's as pretty as guardians is like the heart of the movie is it's uh it's it's a story between the characters and the relationships that they carry and how they grow and and interact with each other and it's just like that in Suicide Squad. So, so um, the James Gunn formula works. Do you remember when the first one came out? Um, if it's like there's kind of this debate between whether or not this one's like a reboot or like mm-hmm. a actual sequel because it's like is it in the same universe? You know, as the like Man of Steel people, like with the the original Suicide Squad, because like Harley's the same, and then Captain Boomerang's in it, you know. So 
I think Rick Flag, of course, and Amanda right. Waller. So they're all the same like actors and characters and stuff. But you know, there's this like, is it in with it set within the same thing? Because like, there's a there's a part in it where in the trailer, like Amanda Waller's talking to Idris Elba's uh, character that I can't remember his name. He's like the gun guy. And he was in jail for putting Superman in the hospital with like a kryptonite bullet, which like we haven't seen, but uh-huh. you know, it's like a thing that could feasibly happen. Um, but so there's like this thought like, Oh, is it in the, in the same vein? But, uh, you remember in the first one, a lot of the criticism was that it was supposed to be like guardians of the galaxy. Like they had the music in the trailers and everything, and they were trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy. But the problem oh, was extremely. like, extremely, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, pro- the problem was like they didn't have James Gunn, who like was able to take these misfit characters and kind of turn them mm-hmm. like, kind of make you care for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So like in the first one, they introduce all the characters, and some of the characters have backstory and whatever. Uh, one thing that I liked about it though is that like in this movie, all the characters have. Like good backstories, like you could see, like you actually care about them. So, like in oh, the yeah, original sure. one, the one guy who dies is the uh, the Slipknot. climbing guy. Yeah, yeah, Slipknot, yeah, yeah. and he's the one guy that dies. And mm-hmm. um, the rest of the characters, like you don't really care if they live or die. Like obviously, you kind of like, I guess you're you you know, Margot Robbie's like Harley Quinn's pretty pretty good in the first one and the rest of them you're like I don't really care what happens because I'm not invested in them like they're all like interchangeable yeah. just like bad guys and then in this yeah, one it's like just, this one's it's just it's like it, it, the the basic of it is so weird it's like okay here's a little bit of character now let's move the story a bit along and then it's like here's a little bit of character and you're just like the, the, it, at one point the first one just feels like okay like they definitely didn't care about the story at all here <laughs> or like mm-hmm. they didn't care about like moving forward anything so yeah it just really became like i think the best way we described it uh when you and i watched it was like it basically just feels like an ex- like an extended like music video with dc characters mm-hmm. that's kind of what it feels like um but yeah yeah it's like the first one and it's funny now because um david Ayer directed the first one and david Ayer was known for like you know fucking trading day and uh fury and uh some other shit. Uh, some pretty like so he's got some. He's got a pretty good filmography. For, uh, he's got some pretty good works behind him. But he, he did Suicide Squad. You could just tell it was like something wasn't right here. And um, he's still active on Twitter. Uh, basically, still coming out, and he's always saying like, you know, the Suicide Squad. You know, like here's your monthly reminder that the Suicide Squad movie you saw wasn't like anything remotely what my vision was. And he was like, it was extremely doctored by uh the producers at warner brothers and shit like that and there is so he's trying to make the fit he's trying to <laughs> get the same reaction that Zack snyder had you know Zack snyder literally got to redo his whole fucking movie and i think david Ayer is still, it is being a little petty about it he's like i think i want to do my movie too and just nobody yeah. fucking cares it's so right. funny also like one of the things is like you have a. Uh... You have a good movie, like a, a pretty pretty entertaining movie that comes out. That's the Suicide Squad, right? James Gunn directs it, and it's the mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. And it's good. So there's no way that like DC's gonna spend money on re-releasing homies, uh, homies cut, you know, because no one cares about that. Because like mm-hmm. that movie's just out of the cultural zeitgeist. So 
Yeah. Um, I I think one of the best things about the the movie, though, in, in those regards, is that uh, the characters, like no one, I mean, you know, the Suicide Squad is kind of like this um, interesting thing, like even in the comics, because they're the characters that like no one gives a like anything about, they don't care about, you know, right. and then. Um, except for like Harley Quinn, I guess. Um, but oh, yeah, Harley Quinn's a big property for them now. <laughs> I think, that. I think they, they, well, I mean, she got her own movie for crying out loud last year, right? Birds of Prey. I think it came out like right before COVID. Yeah. The one that I saw, like, I, I saw it not in theaters. I saw it like on, I think mm-hmm. we watched it one day on streaming like a while ago and we were like, oh, this movie's mm-hmm. out, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, I didn't even realize it came out. Like, that's how. How tuned mm-hmm. out of it I was, but uh, yeah, um, but yeah, so like the characters that like you you don't know or care about, like Red Catcher Two and like King Shark and Polka Dot Man and mm-hmm. all these people, like you actually like uh, care about what happens to them. And then um, I think the opening scene too. I I think like uh, you know just kind of totally the all the cards on the table in the beginning of the discussion. I think that it's probably the best mm-hmm. DC movie. Um, yeah, that yeah, I've seen. I, I think so. it probably. I'm still. Uh, I actually still like the first Wonder Woman. Okay, like I don't think it's that bad. I didn't think it was bad as like I thought. 1984 may have been the worst one to be honest. Well, I yeah. guess. Well, that I mean, or BVS, right? Yeah, I was gonna say the the theatrical cut of BVS was so bad too. I mean, I think that's bottom tier, and then like. Wonder what you like. You have Suicide Squad and like 1984 and BBS are like down there, um, and then like with the in the original cut of Justice League, and then like for me the 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 best of the best like is Suicide Squad, uh, uh, Man of Steel, and uh, I haven't seen Birds of Prey, so I can't say that one. Um, and then I guess the Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League, which is, it's really fucking long, but, like, there's still some actual redeeming stuff about it. Like, I really liked, I actually really liked uh, Superman and uh, the the re-release of uh, Justice League. I mean, I finally got around to watching that, and I just, I I mean, I guess just adding a little bit of the, just adding the dark side element to it and the the extra footage and adding a lot more to cyborg. It actually did kind of change up the movie a lot. And the ending is completely different too. Right. So that's something that's. Yeah, that's that's, definitely a top. That's probably my top three and then my bottom three. And I guess somewhere in the middle is like uh, Batman versus Superman and um, Aquaman. Aquaman, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. I forgot about Shazam. Shazam. Shazam was pretty good. Yeah. Shazam was all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that Suicide Squad's definitely like mm-hmm. my favorite so far. The the this one. Um, and what's crazy about it is like I think uh, it was it's the lowest budgeted DC movie. Like, well, no, it's I think Shazam was pretty low budget too. But like Suicide Squad was really low budget, and it was the set pieces were like a lot more contained than like Justice League, and the scope of it was so much smaller. But it still feels big because of the cast and all of the moving pieces at once but like it like you could just tell like it's it's such a different type of film compared to like what most people think of when they thought of the dc movies like like even aquaman which was just centered around uh you know jason momoa and 
um, Ocean Master, like it felt huge in scope and like it was just pure CGI fest. And like even Suicide Squad, which feels a lot lower budget and a little more intimate, I, is I way think better. Yeah, I think also like there is, you know, to to completely spoil it, there's uh the ending, which is where the Starro, right, comes out and he's like destroying oh, yes. the city and shit. And they have to fight the giant like monster at the end. It's like a different than most of those types of movies because the giant monster is not like a big gray hulking blue lightning cloud in the sky. Right. <laughs> um also like it gives a good payoff for like like the recurring joke throughout the entire movie, which my favorite joke in the movie, which was uh wanted that wanted a guy give Harley Quinn his javelin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have I have no idea. And then that was, and my, then favorite, like, that was my favorite yeah, joke set up and it like yeah. it's, it's throughout the entire movie. They're like, Why do you have a javelin? No. She's like, I don't she's know. Like, She's like, I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for God to tell me. He's just like, Oh Jesus. He goes, Yeah, him too, or any of them, really. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. she realizes why she has it, which is a stab star in the eye or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually um the start of the start of fight was was pretty cool. Like I thought, uh, Idris, uh, Idris Elba character was um, what's his name? It was was it Death's thing? Where like another, we're not thinking of Deathstroke or Deadpool. I'm getting those vibes. Yeah, How was his name? It's weird because like that guy definitely like. Tell me if I'm wrong, Austin, but that guy was definitely supposed to be Will Smith's that shot. Yeah, he absolutely was. Right? And, uh, yeah, was that, he was that the only person that thought that? Because like he's. He's got he's like the assassin that's mm-hmm. like a sharpshooter guy who's like the leader of the team who yeah. whose daughter is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. And his whole motivation is he's like a, a assassin, but he's actually like a good guy. You know? So Yeah, well, I mean it straight up is because well listen, his daughter. <laughs> so uh Will Smith's Deadshot, the big character thing for him was that he has a daughter to take care of, and that's literally just what uh, Idris Elba's character is. Uh, I'm looking up his name, uh, the name of that character in a second. Uh, yeah, John Cena was Peacemaker, though. That was really fucking cool. I think he was he's actually like- getting his own... Uh, oh, his name was Bloodsport. That's who uh, Idris, Elba, uh, the Idris Elba character was, Bloodsport. I like the uh, I like the peacemaker joke where he's just like, and it's in the trailers too, where he's just like, um, "I believe in peace with all my heart. And I don't care how many men, women, or children I have to kill to get it." <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, he's. I think I, I like the fact that he's um, he's just like the opposite of how John Cena really is, which is like John Cena is supposed to be like the nicest fucking guy like ever, and yeah. he's just like a raging prick for the rest of the whole movie and. Uh, like his banter with Idris when they get to the uh, they get to the re- the rebel camp, and, uh, which they don't know is the rebel camp, so they just like slaughter the whole platoon. Yeah. That one's good. That's, yeah, that's a yeah, good joke. Yeah. I like that joke. And, yeah. and uh, also the the joke when she's like she's like everybody on this team was picked for their special abilities, and then she tells uh, Bloodsport that that Peacemaker's ability. She's like he was an assassin that was trained for, like from birth by his father or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, and he goes, wait a minute, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's my backstory. Yeah, pretty much. And they have that awkward exchange in the prison. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's he's like, wait a minute, are you trying to insult me? Like, that's mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, and, uh, also, um, 
I really liked uh I liked Ratcatcher too. I thought she was probably like mm-hmm. besides you know, my favorite character is always gonna be King Shark, but in a Aww. suicide squad property, but like Ratcatcher too is probably my favorite character besides King Shark because she's she's like not really a villain, you know? Uh-huh. Like, like she talks about how she robbed a bank with the rats and they said that the rats were like a deadly weapon so they locked her in like Bill Rev because uh-huh. she's like a super villain technically because she has super villain powers right. but she didn't hurt anybody she was just like stealing money with rats and leave it leave it to James Gunn to be like actually this character is going to end up saving the entire fucking world <laughs> so yeah. like um, and honestly like it's it is it's a it's a really unique uh, it got, it's basically like I don't know which came first, Squirrel Girl or Ratcatcher, but she's basically Squirrel Girl um, yeah. with uh, rats at her disposal. And, you know, I guess if you think about it, like rats probably do overpopulate this planet like crazy. So if, if she has the ability to connect with like and it's a mass population of rats, like that instantly, it doesn't make her probably cool, but it instantly makes her way more dangerous than she needs to be, you know? Yeah, her and, uh, her and um, King Shark were the only two people that I was worried about dying in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the rest of them could have died, but I, like when she was at the end, when she like, uh, she's just like, why don't you just take this and like go and like leave mm-hmm. me alone, you know? Because she's like a younger, mm-hmm. and John Cena's like, fuck it, I'm still gonna kill you. I was like, oh fuck, I hope he doesn't kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and what's neat, and this is why it's the which is rare for a DC movie. Like all the people can die in DC movies. I don't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. And what, what, what that exchange with Ratcatcher and Peace and uh, Peacemaker, you know, where uh, he's, uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but like he was, it turns out he was like designated to make sure the files don't ever get like uh, taken uh, because like he was ordered to actually keep them as confidential as possible. So like he's got to put his life on the line to make sure that nobody knows about those fucking files and the US involvement of the project. Right. And so that's why he turns on them. Right. Mm-hmm. Essentially, so um, and then he he's about to kill Ratcatcher, and uh, and then like it does that time jump thing. It does it a few times in the movie where it's like, okay, here's what's happening, but here's what happened a few minutes ago to help, to help you get caught up. Mm-hmm. And it shows the Idris Elba fight, and it shows him like crashing through the building, and then like he just happens to come down right as John Cena is about to kill her, and so he crashes down, and then like what it, it immediately goes to is the conversation they had at the earlier part of the movie where they were talking about their bullets. And so they both fire at each other. And this is, it's the only reason this moment's even cool is because they previously had a conversation about who had cooler bullets. Yeah. And, uh, Idris was like, it doesn't fucking matter if you can have the smallest bullet possible with the highest velocity. Like that's ultimately going to be a cooler, or uh, that's ultimately going to bring you a higher result because it brings more precision. And if you're really fucking precise, you need small bullets anyway. So because it doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. And then John Cena's like, "Yeah, well, I have hollow point bullets that just basically explode on contact." And so they shoot literally like dead shot, pun pun intended. <laughs> they like like yeah. dead center d- dead shot right at each other's like between the eyes, and the bullets are dramatically approaching each other. And you're like, what the fuck's going to happen? And then it turns out the smaller bullet that Idris fires ultimately wins because it goes through Peacemaker's hollow point. Mm-hmm. And like, it's basically, it's a, it's a play and it ties in the cover, the original conversation that the first two had. So it kind of like, it's circular storytelling that, that we all, you know, know and, 
satisfyingly, you know, in a, when circular storytelling comes around, you're just like, oh, okay, now that feels like closure, and it feels like uh, you're you're tying up a loose end there. Or you're tying up something from the earliest point in the movie, and um, James Gunn does that in uh, Guardians also. But um, that was a really cool exchange. I think that may have been one of my favorite moments of the movie. It's just when you're, I don't know, but I remember watching those bullets going at each other. Like, oh shit! Like one of them is just going to go slightly off, and like he's going to kill the other one. And, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, I thought Pe- Peacemaker was going to kill Bloodsport. Like I thought they were going to kill off Bloodsport uh, yeah. because because I knew going in, I knew that Peacemaker had a series. So I was like, well, Peacemaker's got to live because apparently, uh, which spoiler he. He does apparently. So uh, uh, I knew Pace, Peacemaker had a series because I'd seen that it had gotten greenlit already going into the movie, mm-hmm. and so I was like, Peacemaker can't die. And then so you see him die, uh, quotation marks, and then you you know the, the in credit scene uh, is Peacemaker waking up in the hospital to because uh, apparently they need him to save the world or something, and that's going to tie into the Peacemaker series. But um, yeah, I think I think my favorite part about it. Uh, one of my favorite parts was Peacemaker and Bloodsport, and that whole exchange was really fucking cool. Um, what do you think of the beginning part? Since we talked a little bit about the ending, what do you think of the beginning part where it's the one team that they form? They take like five seconds to form them, and that team's actually a distraction for the real team. <laughs> yeah, that that was neat. I knew something. I knew something was up though, right? Because like the team didn't have Peacemaker, and the team didn't have Bloodsport, and so I'm like, I mean. If if you've seen any of the promotional materials, like the rest of this, the team that's here now with Nathan Fillion and Jai Courtney and Michael Rooker's characters, they um, I, I knew something was going to go down. I'm like, are they just all about to die? <laughs> because uh, uh, the rest of the the rest of the cast, like half the cast, hasn't shown up yet. We're already like ten minutes into the movie, mm-hmm. maybe ten or fifteen minutes, and and then when it just like when they just get on the beach and they start open firing. And what's his name? Pete Davidson's character. Like it turns out he's like a snitch. I was like, oh shit, they're literally just about to kill them all. So like it clicked pretty quickly. But like I think uh I, I I didn't expect it, but at the same time, like uh there's what's cool about the opening is like there's a sense of mystery. And so you're still not sure what's gonna go down because you know there's being dropped on like a uh an island and you're like, okay, this is kind of weird. And I guess that's uh you know, as as a director, you kind of want that suspense early on in the movie because you still want to be able to you want to have your audience thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely thinking. I'm like, so like, are they like this is it? Like this is the movie just literally just goes, and then when they're all on this island for for the rest of the movie, and I'm like, I mean, it kind of is how it went, but it just doesn't go like that. Um, but yeah, I ended up like laughing my ass off with just the absolute slaughter of that first team and. Yeah, uh, my, and Michael Rooker's character like screaming and running away, <laughs> like she detonates his head, and, uh, like, and then, like, uh, fucking Captain Boomerang just getting like c- cut in half by the helicopter plates. Yeah, I love the uh, I love the beginning where like the weasel or whatever guy, the weasel. Oh he, yeah, he yeah. dies, and like he's dead. <laughs> he just like <laughs> fell in the water. He just drowned. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't swim. So I like that a lot. I like that joke. And they're like, did someone not check his see if he could swim? <laughs> and then he's yeah. like, I like when he's like, am I sitting next to a fucking werewolf? And he's like, oh my God, fucking werewolf. He says, uh, he's just like, no, it's not it's like, werewolf. No, he's just a weasel. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, that's, that's weasel. He's harmless. And he goes, well, he's not harmless. He killed 27 children. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. The weasel guy was funny. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, 
I, w- I was shocked that they killed everybody on that initial team besides Harley and Rick Flag, you know? Uh-huh. I was pretty, pretty shocked that they killed everybody. Because um, especially, like, Captain Boomerang, like, that one was kind of a... Uh... Well, well, he was an a, he was like an A-plus player, or he was, he was the A-T player in the first movie, so I didn't expect it at all. Yeah, so, you know, I thought uh-huh. they'd keep Captain Boomerang and Harley, maybe, but then they, like, you know, everyone else died. Uh-huh. Um, which is, like, I was kind of shocked to see, um, but as soon as they started dying, I was like, "Oh, I, I'm, cool. you know, everyone's gonna die uh, on on that team." Um, well, what's 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 actually what's neat about it is that it's it's like you have to like I mean it's it's fucking called the Suicide Squad, right? Like people need to die, mm-hmm. and it, right away, like it's like James Gunn basically saying, like, "Yeah, I mean." This it's called a suicide squad for a reason. Like this is an insanely difficult task, and like these people have, uh, you know, been brought in. These people have been uh, round rounded up by these supervillains. Have been rounded up by the government, and just like, hey, well, these people are disposable. We can use them to do really. They've got weird powers, and if we ever need weird powers for like a supernatural mission, we can we can do that. And so um, people need to die, especially if it's a really strange operation. And I think James Gunn is smart enough to say, like, hey, like, this movie needs to be bloody and it has to, and people need to die in it. And, like, right away, that's what you get. Because the, if you, the revisiting the, the first movie, what I, well, I'm just thinking about it in my head. Nobody dies until maybe, like, 45 minutes into the movie because the, the movie spends, like, almost the first hour just setting up all of your characters. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and setting first, up a lot of the, backstory and shit. The first guy that dies, whose get his head gets blown up, is the guy who's the only guy who doesn't get an intro song. And yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and he's the only he's the only one that gets blown up. Like, yeah. um, like I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, Killer Croc doesn't die. At least thinking back, he does. Like, he doesn't die. Deadshot doesn't die. The uh, only other, the only one that dies. Besides him is the Diablo guy. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the, the Mexican like, dude. He gets like yeah, exploded. Yeah, yeah um, that's right. Yeah, he does it at the it, as like a as like a like a sacrifice at the end of the movie or something, right? Yeah, yeah that's and right. this in this one, like a bunch of people, you know, obviously like the entirety of the uh uh what you call it. The the people mm-hmm. in the the original the, the beginning of this movie, everyone dies except for Harley and uh, Rick Flag, and then uh, later on, people die too. Like um, Rick Flag dies, you know, um, which mm-hmm. is pretty shocking, I guess. Um, let's see, Rick Flag dies. Then uh, uh, who else? The polka dot guy dies. Polka dot man dies. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, yeah, he just gets crushed. <laughs> another, I feel like there's another person that dies. I don't remember. Who else dies? I know King Shark lives. I was pretty sure that he was going to die. I'm glad he lived. Um, I, I was like, about to say I was about to say Amanda Waller, but they just knocked her out. Yeah, they just knocked her out. Uh, Harley lives. Mm-hmm. Ratcatcher lives, and then Bloodsport lives. Is that the entire team? Yeah, that's pretty much all the important characters. Um, so Pokemon Man's the only one that dies. Yeah. And it, I guess it's besides, supposed to be like it's Peacemaker. You're supposed to think Peacemaker dies, mm-hmm. and um, then Rick, and then Rick Flag. I guess he's not really, you know, he's an army guy. So, mm-hmm. 
Did you like? Uh, did you like Pokemon? What's I can never remember that actor's name because he's so much shit. But like, uh, <laughs> crazy man know, from from the Dark Knight. Yeah, and he was in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. He was like that Russian dude or whatever in Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was, like, he was in it. He was in the heist. He was in the heist crew. He's um, a lot of shit. Yeah, he's the Russian guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's um, cool to see him. It's cool to see him get work and, and get him to. I know, liked his. And, I liked his his thing where everyone's his mom. Like I like his club, trauma. Yeah, That's I like the so club weird. scene where everyone's mom dancing around him, like grinding up on him and shit. Well, it, it implies it because he sees the stripper and he's like, "Oh God, yeah." <laughs> you don't see it, but it's implied. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then you see, and then you see everybody is like his mom to him, like even Starro. That was a. Uh, I thought that was a really neat joke and. Uh, it's definitely a heavy one, and it's kind of dark, but uh, it definitely doesn't. It, it has nothing to do with his superpowers either. Like his superpowers are just like I have like a condition, and then like a condition, he's like, yeah, like these things are just like they just grow on me. It's like an infection, and he's like, I just kind of like like you see him run over to the bushes, and he just pukes them all out. <laughs> like that shit yeah, like explodes good. them out. Yeah, I like how he's yeah, like the yeah. most powerful one on the team. Besides, like, maybe Ratcatcher, because his, like, fucking polka dots dissolve shit. Yeah, and so, like, uh, his his final moments, uh, which are really heroic, but also really sad, is, like, he he sees his massive mother uh, as, uh, well, he sees Sorrow as his massive mother, like, a giant version of, uh, of his mom. And then he just, like, releases all of his polka dots and, like, just shreds off like her right leg and it's like bloody and violent and then he just the star just kind of stumbles on one leg and then he just lifts up his other leg and just crushes him <laughs> it's like, or no i guess he smashes him with his arm or something like that and he's like i'm a fucking superhero <laughs> and it's just like and he's dead like instantly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah he literally turns into like pulp like it's like yeah pretty much he pushes, it turns him into liquid um what did you think of my boy king shark in the movie you know, I didn't actually. Um, I didn't. I didn't know it was Sylvester Stallone until the credits rolled. And I've no. Uh, I've no. I still didn't know. Yeah, yeah. It was like I was watching it, and I just kind of went with it, and I went in with as much info about it as possible. And then when the credits are rolling, it's like Sylvester Stallone as uh, King Shark. I was like, holy shit! <laughs> and um, but yeah, no, I thought it was fucking hilarious. He's kind of like me and Diana were watching it, and I'm like. He's kind of he kind of reminds me of Patrick Starr from SpongeBob. Like he has a good heart, but he's just insanely stupid. Yeah, and, and he's practically invincible and just like can take a beating. And so yeah, I was waiting for him. I was waiting for him to just have his like ultimate like bloody like carnage moment. And I guess he kind of gets that at the end. Um, he doesn't really um he doesn't really contribute that much a lot of the time. He like eats a guy one time. He like rips a guy in half in the rain. Mm-hmm. It's like from the right. trailer too, and then like at the end, he's just like, "Yo, King Shark, that's nummy," and he's like, "Oh, starfish nummy," and he jumps on him and starts biting him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's yeah, really yeah. much though. Yeah, I but, do like uh, when he's a like right? because he's a demigod. I do like when he's fixing to eat rat catcher, and then uh, blood sport just starts shooting the fuck out of him, and he like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like killing him, but it's like hurting him enough to where he's like, right, laying on the ground, like, please stop, like that. Yeah, I feel sick. I felt sad when uh, the little his friends or whatever started biting him, and he falls out the oh, yeah. he falls out the window, and like, uh, like he falls out the window. And I thought the thing was gonna fall on him, 
And then they start, everyone starts shooting at him, and he's like, he curls up in a little ball, like, please stop shooting at me. I was like, oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is sad. And I think, uh, I think that's kind of the point is like, each character has a, like, uh, each character you have like a heartfelt moment with, and you like, you're, you're supposed to connect with them. And so, like, King Shark has that moment finally with like, uh, people that he thinks like didn't want to be around him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you're like, hey, like, he's, he's got somebody that actually like voluntarily like wants to be his friend. And then, you know, they end up just inviting him anyway. Fuck that! Like, never, I guess never mind. Yeah, um, but yeah, like most of the movies, like that. It's uh, I did like that they help him out. Uh, like yeah, yeah. Harley, Harley Quinn runs over and was like pulling him off of him and stuff. I was like, that's mm-hmm. cute. <laughs> like they're they're like, yeah. oh, he's our like dumb friend. We need to help him. Yeah, and it's and the, well, it, it goes back to like his first, uh, his first. Yeah, like you said, he tries to eat Ratcatcher. And like she's asleep the whole time, and like part of that joke is like Bloodsport's like, so you were just gonna fucking stay asleep the whole time, like you didn't even know a giant shark was like about to like chomp you in half. Yeah, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, no, I had no idea. And then she's not even mad about it. She's like, damn, are you okay, buddy? And it's like she actually tries to connect with him, and that's that's usually or that's basically like the first. I guess what sets up his uh, his story is that. I think she's the first person to like approach him and like see him as like not just this freaky giant shark, you know. Um, and that's why it's heartfelt in that sense. Yeah, um, but yeah, he was fucking cool. <laughs> and um, I thought the funny, uh, he, he just he, they threw him, they sprinkled him in when like you needed like something really dumb to happen, you know, like to break the weird, to break the serious tone for a bit, like you know when they're. Um, when they're when they're having their breakdown from Waller, and then you know Peacemaker's like, uh, "Starfish is a slang term for butthole." He's like, "Is that any relation to Star?" And then she's like, "No." <laughs> and then she's like, uh, "What?" I can remember what the uh, I can remember what his name was like, uh, Namu or something like that. Yeah. Um, he he like, raises his hand and he's just like, "Hand." He's hand. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, Namu, that's your that's your hand. That's correct." Yeah. Yeah, um, I like that a lot. Um, the 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 whole movie I felt like was just a lot of fun. I think that was something that like DC Ooh. was kind of missing. You know, it was really funny. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that DC kind of misses that a lot. Um, so like, I I don't know, like, you know. I'm of, you know, you and I talk about it all the time. Like, I'm of two opinions with comic book movies. Like, I really, because I've always been a comic book fan, I really like superheroes and stuff. But uh, my opinion of comic book movies is like, Martin Scorsese's right in the sense that comic book movies are supposed to be like roller coasters. Like, they're not fine art. Like, they're not films. There's not cinema, just movies. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think as far as like, comic book movies go and even as far as like just entertaining action movies like it was it was a good movie i think uh mm-hmm. i think it gets the matt seal of approval as best dc movie but also i think it's because it's on hbo max like if you if people have mm-hmm. hbo max there's no really there's no reason not to not to watch it yeah there, so and i guess we could we could uh i'll say that i liked it too and i would recommend it to anyone um and what's great about it is yeah, good action too like the action is really good i like a uh, Bloodsport, Bloodsport probably gets the most play, but and I like his little, his little changing guns and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like uh, just it's it's got some really good, it's got some really good heart. You know, it, I think it checks all the boxes for just like a good popcorn flick. I mean, like usually, 
is like you would think that like these studios would just have it like down to where like it's just like it's just it's so easy that you they should be able to do it their sleep like all you have to do with these comic book movies is just check some boxes mm-hmm. and like make sure like you have elements like you have you have your you have your uh, stakes, you have your action, you have your uh, comedy, and you have some heartfelt moments, and you have some, you know, it's some humanity in them. You could just literally check those boxes with something, and you actually get a pretty decent movie out of it. And that's all you have to do for these things. And you would think they would be a lot better about making them by now, but like they've been making these things for like twenty years, and like they're still yeah. aren't always good. Yeah. Um. um we'll just I mean, go to show you. Yeah. The, the the amount of volume that that these these movies produce too i think is uh it's you're bound oh, to have some stinkers a, in there it's an assembly line yeah you're bound to have like you're bound to have some bad ones um yeah. so shit I, I would say like suicide squad is probably one of the first good comic book movies i guess since probably avengers like the last uh, avengers movies um because since then like we haven't had a lot of good like 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 good maybe like entertaining uh of the genre i would say since Probably the end of the the that first MCU run, right? I right. would say so because I didn't like Spider Man uh, Far From Home. Like I thought it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, I yeah I think I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I guess we're both recommending it though. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we can. Um, I'm fixing to actually have to leave because I gotta go to the gym. But sure. um, I, I think. Uh, what do you awesome? What do you want to talk about next week? Uh, so next week we can kind of, um, if we're not going to watch a movie, we can kind of just talk about, uh, what our favorite movies are. And, Cause I do kind of just want to have an episode like where we just like absolutely tear into like why our movies are our favorite movies and okay. just basically break down like why, why it's an important movie, why it's, you know, a movie that connects with us. And we could just talk about stuff like that. Cause, um, like your favorite, like you should know, like, a sh- like, you should just know your favorite movie like the back of your hand and like why mm-hmm. it's so fucking good. So yeah. I feel like ne- next week we can just talk about our favorite movies and uh, and why they're so good and it's their impact on us. And you just kind of we can spend a whole hour talking about that. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, that, that sounds like a good topic. Uh, we can we can talk about um, um, favorite movies is a good uh, introductory. Mm-hmm. Uh, good introductory yeah, yeah uh, it just kind of helps us it kind of just helps us break down like you know our taste in movies mm-hmm. okay cool oh, yeah, let's just do that all right cool so uh next week we're talking about uh our favorite movies why they're our favorite movies and we may even have a discussion of what constitutes uh favorite versus mm. best one of my favorite topics so mm, favorite versus best yeah that oh yeah that'll, that'll make for a good one yeah so uh okay guys well uh this has been the very first episode of matinee we talked about mm-hmm. suicide squad this time uh we will talk about more contemporary movies as well as uh, we will mm-hmm. do do some deeper dives into past movies as well because we just started um you know as a uh, singular male <laughs> i uh yeah <laughs> podcasting is within my blood it's mm-hmm. my it's my culture so mm-hmm. it's in our nature <laughs> yeah exactly so we will we will get to the bottom of uh d- different topics uh each week and we'll get to t- do different movies each week you know it's just a play it by your type of podcast so um well, that's just what we do yeah exactly but anyway uh we will see you guys later all right see you next week uh, control v